But tonight, we're going to be talking about the title of tonight's uh, message is The Great Love of God. Kevin may pull it up there. Did I give you the title? Okay, just double check it because we were going through stuff earlier. But the Lord had kind of put this on my heart uh, last week. And it's funny, you know, I prayed and I was like, Lord, is this what you, is this something that you want me to speak on? And I felt like he was like, yes, well, late one night, my mom called me. My mom lives in New Mexico and, and she called me and she just wanted to talk. She was just, you know, missing me and, and the family and everyone. And, and so we started talking and she said, you know, God just kind of put, put my devotional on my heart today. I said, well, what's your devotional? She quoted all of the scripture that the Lord had put in my heart. And I prayed just before that, God, please confirm to me this is something that you want me to speak on. And, and so I know that, that I feel like in my heart, this is what God wants us to talk about tonight. So Ephesians chapter three, kind of jump into it. I know we're like, oh man, we're going to, no, I'm not going to talk about time. It's okay. We're going to move quickly. Okay. So I looked up and I was like, oh no. Okay. So Ephesians chapter three. Uh, this is Paul. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. And at the, the beginning of chapter three, he's talking about his calling of being a preacher of the gospel to the Gentiles. We know that Peter was a preacher of the gospel to the Jews, but Paul had the Lord, the Lord put in Paul's heart that he had called him to go not just to the Jews, him being a, of Jewish descent, but also to the Gentiles. So he was going out beyond kind of the, the realm of, of the culture that they were used to. And he was going and sharing the truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Gentiles all around where they were. So the, this chapter reveals to us God's wisdom through the church. It also uh, goes into a portion of a prayer that Paul prays for God's people to gain the Spirit's power and to comprehend the love of Jesus Christ. And so I want to start there right at the beginning of chapter 3, and we'll read from verse 1 to verse 6. And it says this, it says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. As I have already written briefly in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to men in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and shares together in the promise or shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So Paul's talking about how God has revealed to him the mystery of the gospel that was long ago spoken of. We know that it to be fact. When you go into the Old Testament, you can read through the Old Testament and the different books of the prophets as they prophesy of Christ and of the, you know, and they didn't fully understand what was going to happen. They didn't know the whole plan. They didn't know that Jesus was going to come and, and, and be crucified. They knew portions of it, but they didn't fully comprehend it. They didn't fully understand it. So Paul is saying that God has called him to go to the Gentiles, to make known by the revelation that God has given him, make known to the people of the Gentile culture who Jesus is and who, what the mystery of, of the gospel is. 
so that they could be heirs together with Israel and they could be members together of one body and shares together in the promise of Jesus Christ. So the promise of salvation, the promise of freedom from sin, the promises of God. So he's been called to do this. This mystery that, that we have, you know, in, in verse six again, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heir, are heirs. How beautiful is that? You know, I said the title is The Great Love of God. Think about that. You see, we're Gentiles. We are Gentiles in this room. Yet God loved us so much, he wanted to go outside of his chosen people to bring in, you know, Romans, Romans, I believe it's chapter 11, talks about the grafting in of the wild, of the wild olive branch, you know. We've been grafted in through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, each and every one of us. And not only have we been just grafted, not just grafted in, but God now has called us heirs with Israel, with Israel, members together of one body and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So what we learn from this is that everything that we have starts with Jesus. And we can even go as further as Everything that's been created, what? It started with Jesus, correct? All creation was through him. The world around us, the trees, the animals, everything we see was through him. But not only was creation through him, yet our salvation and our redemption and our new identity as new creation starts with him. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, when he's speaking to Nicodemus, he says to him, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So for, for us to inherit God's kingdom, for any man, you must be born again. That person must believe in Jesus Christ in faith, and they must give their lives to Christ. They must give all themselves to Christ, and that they would only serve him and love him with their lives. And I think about that and I think, wow, how great is God's love for us? Have you ever questioned how much God loves you? I mean, I think some people would be ashamed to say like, yes, but I'm gonna be honest with you. There's been times even in my own walk of faith where I've said to myself, Lord, how much do you love me? And he always reminds me how much he loves me. And you know how he reminds me. He reminds me by, by speaking into my heart the truth of what his word is, is that he revealed to us, the Gentiles, the mystery of his gospel through his son, Jesus Christ, his plan. So if you came here tonight and, and maybe you were doubting how much God loves you, how much God wants to move in your life, how much God wants to use you, don't doubt it because the Lord loves you tremendously. The fact that he would want us to know of the mystery of Jesus Christ, that he would want that to be revealed to our hearts through the Holy Spirit, let, just that alone shows us that he sees so much value in us, even though we are so feeble and weak. He wants us to be a, a part of this. He wants us to be heirs. He wants us to be a part of his people that he even chose in the first covenant. He wants to associate us with all of those things. Why? Because he loves us, because his love for us is so great, and because he wants to use us to share that love with the world. He wants to use us to tell others about this beautiful, wonderful plan that's in Christ. 
So God demonstrates his love to us. How? Romans 5, 8. It says it, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God shows us his great love through Jesus. So Jesus died for us so we could experience our freedom. We could experience forgiveness from our sin. But also he died for us so that we could come into a deeper relationship again with God. And if you really think about it, that's what God was intending from the beginning. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back to Genesis. When Adam and Eve walked in the Garden of Eden, and they had deep personal relationship with God. Each day they spent with God. But what came in and, and took that away was sin. Sin came in and tainted that original plan. And from then on, death was upon man and the earth, and, and here we are now all the way to here. But what blows my mind is that God knew all that was going to happen, and still he knew about his son. He still loved us that much in our fallen, sinful state that he would already smile and go, I already have a plan. It's Jesus. I already have it ready to go. Though man and creation doesn't even know it, though the angels don't even know it, I already have a plan. It's Jesus. And I'm going to send my son, and he's going to die for the world. He had another plan through Jesus to redeem us, to save us. And now that that mystery has been revealed to us, we have the reality of Jesus inside of us, being all around us because of what he did in his great love for us. The, the, God's love is just so great for us. It's just blowing my mind the more I think about it. How great is God's love for us? Look at everything that he's done for you. Again, we being of a Gentile culture, of a Gentile descent, not of Israel, not God's chosen people, but of the world, have been allowed to partake and to be a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the first thing we need to know is whenever we go into the world and whenever we speak the truth of, of God's word to others, we need to understand that God made a way through Jesus for us and for them. And we need to share that way. We need to tell other people about how God wanted to reveal his son and his plan to all creation, not just to us, but to all people so that all could be saved. If you look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, In him, in Jesus, and through faith in Jesus, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So we gain access to God through Christ Jesus, and others will gain access to God through Christ Jesus. It's through Christ we can be brought near to God. We can become heirs of salvation. We, we can become children of the Most High, and now we're called God's people. We're shares of the promise in Christ. But then God was like, I'm not going to stop there. You know, sometimes in our human nature, we just do enough, right? Right? I mean, think about it. Come on. Because, you know, I have a wife, and I, and I think sometimes, and I'm owning up right now, I just do enough. I don't go beyond that. 
Sometimes she'll ask me to do one thing and I'll do it, but she's hoping in her heart that maybe I would do a few extra things. You told me to do this. But isn't that like us in our human nature to do that with who Jesus is? But think about this. God loves us so much, he wouldn't even think like that. You know, he's not going to stop at just one thing. Well, I mean, I did save him. You know, I did send my son. I gave him freedom from sin, you know, and, and, and I gave him salvation. That's good enough. You know, I'm, my work here is done. I can go relax. I can just wait and they'll all be running around waiting until I send my son. You know, that's not how he was. That's not what he, he didn't stop there. You see, this is how great God's love is for us and, and how great he wants us to share that love with other people. He didn't stop there. Because what did he do? He knew that in our humanness, we couldn't, we couldn't make it on our own. So in his great love for us, he desires for us to live holy and righteous lives for his glory. Think about that. Just think about that. The Holy Spirit just stirred that in my heart earlier. God loves you so much he would send his son to die to save you because he would want you to have right relationship with him and to live a holy and righteous life for him. That goes beyond understanding. That type of love goes beyond, far beyond understanding. Why? Because he just didn't stop with just wanting to save us. He said, oh, I love you so much. I want you to have the, abil the ability every day to walk as close as you can be to me. Though creation and all things are dying around you, though the world will come to an end and I will bring you back, you know, I will take you back with my son and the second coming. You know, all of these things that we know, why? Because we have the word of God and we know that they're true. Yet he says right now, today, on this hour, in this moment, he wants you to be able to walk so close to him, to be so close and in love with him, he would do anything he could to make sure that would happen. That blows my mind. And how did he do that? He did that through the Holy Spirit. God just didn't stop with Jesus. What did Jesus say to the disciples when it was coming closer and closer to the time for him to go and get on the cross? And he's, and he's sitting with the disciples and they're having the last supper. And, you know, you can read it. Go read John chapter 14 all the way kind of through the end of the book of John. And you'll understand what I'm talking about. He's sitting with them and he's telling them about the kingdom of God. And he's telling them about what's going to happen. And they're upset they're going, Jesus, we don't want you to go. We love you. What are we going to do when you go? And then what does he say? He says, I, I have to go because when I go, the father is going to send who? The helper. He's going to send the counselor. He's going to send one who's going to empower you to be my witnesses. So God not only had a plan for us to be saved through his son, through the cross, through the blood, through the death and resurrection, but he also loved us so much that he would give us his Holy Spirit so we could live lives for his glory. That blows my mind. God, you would love me that much that you would give me your spirit so that I could walk as close as I could be with you 
so that I could go and do what you call me to do. But God, I'm a worthless man. No, you're not. That's not what I see in you. But God, I don't deserve it. That's why I give you my grace. Think about it, church. Think about it. We have to be willing to share what God's given us. This great, great love. The great love of God, of, of who Jesus is, of who the Holy Spirit is. God wanted to make sure that we were able to live holy and righteous lives. So he made sure that he gave us the one who could empower us, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to each and every one of us. And in that, God's love is then poured out into our hearts. And it's shown to us through the Holy Spirit. If you look at Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And hope does not disappoint, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Not only did God give us the Holy Spirit for us to experience his love, for us to be set free in our inner selves, but he also sent the Holy Spirit so that we could be full of him every single day to complete the work that he's calling us to do. If you look at Ephesians chapter 3, go to verse 14, and we're going to read through verses 14 through 21. It's a little bit of, it's a lot of verses, but this is just, it's important. We need to hear this. This is the prayer that Paul prayed for the, the church in Ephesus. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, generations forever and ever. Amen. So God has given us his Holy Spirit. He loves you and I so much. He said, I'm going to send you my son and also I'm going to send you my spirit. And I'm going to fill you with my spirit. So that every day you can live a life close to me. You can live a life proclaiming me. Because without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be able to walk in empowered lives. We wouldn't be able to do that. It's impossible. In our human nature, it's impossible. But with Christ, anything is possible. With the Holy Spirit, anything is possible. If you look at verse 16, pull verse, verse 16 back up, Kevin. It says... I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Out of his glorious riches, and those glorious riches are God's grace and mercy and love and kindness to you. God loves you so much. He wants to make sure that his grace is poured out to you and his mercy is poured out to you and his riches are poured out to you that you in return would be strengthened. Notice this. That God is doing everything. 
Notice it. Do you get your strength and your ability from yourself or do you get it from God? We get it from God. So God's saying, I love you so much. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send my spirit to you. And then guess what? I'm going to make sure that in your power and ability, you won't be able to do anything except just rely on me. That sounds so easy. And yet sometimes it's so hard. But you see, God's not calling us to try to figure things out in our ability, in our power, in our way, in our comprehension, in our thought. That's not how he's calling us to live our lives. He's calling us to live our lives in faith to him. And when we trust him, and when we trust in what he's given us, and when we trust in giving him glory in it, and we know that, guess what? Lord, you're going to strengthen me with your power through your Holy Spirit in my inner man. You know, Jesus said, what defines a man isn't on the outside, but it's on the inside, right? He was talking to the Pharisees and the disciples, and, and, and he was saying, listen, it's not what a man eats that defines him, but it's what comes out of the heart of a man that defines who he is. So God, he wanted to make sure that we were so in tune with him he sent the Spirit to not only help us, save us, redeem us, but to come in and to change our inner selves, our inner man, to fill us up with his fullness, to fill us up with his power, to fill us up with his ability, so that in return what would come out of us was everything for his glory. Man, God loves us so much. He loves us so much. Think about it. He loves you so much. He's doing everything. Yet all we have to do is trust him and rely on him. And he takes care of all of it. Why? Because he loves us. Let's, let's look at verse 17. It goes on to say, so it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So God is strengthening us through the Holy Spirit, strengthening our faith so that Jesus would be moving and dwelling in our hearts. And he goes on to say, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. So God, he not only wants us to experience his love, he wants us to understand his love. He wants us to draw near to him in his love through his spirit. Why? So that in return, we can go into this dark world and be bright, shining lights. But where does this come from? It comes from us choosing each and every day to be in a submitted walk with God. To really trust him every day. To know that he's going to be the one that's doing it, not you. And all you're called to do is to be an obedient child. It's to obey when he speaks. It's to do what he asks. It's to seek him diligently. And then in return, he rewards you and moves through you. Through God's grace and mercy towards us, he desires us to be strengthened through the power of the Holy Spirit. God desires for us to live a holy and righteous life for him, for his glory. 
and for us to be in that relationship with him. And so when we deepen ourselves, when we pray, when we seek the Lord, when we read his word, what's happening is, is God's empowering our inner being. He's filling up our hearts through, through our faith in Jesus Christ. He's rooting us and establishing us in his love, and he's giving us the power that we need all together to understand how much he loves us, to understand how wide and how, how deep and how long and how high his love is for us. We have such a great love from God. The great love that God has for us is shown to us by the fact that he's given us everything we need to live a powerful, holy life. Think about it. I meet people all the time. They just are constantly, and they're Christians, and I meet people who aren't Christians, and, and I talk to people, and it's like they're always trying to find the next thing that's going to help them live the more qualified life. I don't know what it is. Like, okay, if I go to this guy's conference and I read this guy's book, and those things are good. I'm not shunning those things. I'm not saying those things are bad. But we have to understand something as the church. Where we need to be rooted is in the Holy Spirit and in the Word of God. Because when you root yourself in that, when you root yourself in Jesus, he fills you up. He empowers you. Yes, going to conferences are good. Yes, reading books are good. I read books all the time. But the thing is, is that can't be what I just rely on. I have to be relying every day on the Holy Spirit's power, on the power of God, on the move of his love in my heart. Because I just read to you at Romans 5, 5, and, the, and hope does not disappoint because God has poured out his love into our hearts by what? By the Holy Spirit. So we experience God's love and it's poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. But if we're not drawing near to the Holy Spirit, we're not drawing near to God, we're not drawing near to Jesus, are we then being full of that love? Are we then being filled up? No, we're not. So, you know, I was talking about Easter, I was talking about witnessing and all these things. We have to be every day diligently seeking the Lord and drawing near to Him, knowing Him, submitting ourselves to Him through the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit, by the power of God. The next thing is this, that God just didn't want us to be full and to walk in our lives with his spirit, but he wanted us to be completely free all the time. Maybe you in this room tonight have been battling and struggling with something. Maybe you've been battling and struggling with, with, with something that the enemy has tried to place on you. Whatever it could be, God's given you everything you need to be completely free from that in his great love. Verse 19 says this, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We know this love that goes beyond comprehension because we know the Holy Spirit, because we know Jesus, because we know God, and God reveals it to us through that. He reveals it to us through his spirit. He reveals it to us through his word, through times of prayer. It says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So God loves us so much, he's wanting to fill us up every day, every day, every moment. I was reading a book. There you go. I was reading a book the other day by A.W. Tozer. Maybe some of, you, some of you have read a book that he's written before. Just an amazing, powerful man of God. But he made a point about something that's very, very interesting that I thought about. He said every moment of every day of every second could be worshiped to God. 
can be giving God glory and thanks and praise, can be relying on his power and spirit and love. But why do we limit it? Why do we say, oh, well, I'm not at church, so... Well, no, it's not about the church. It's not about just being together or being in this building. You're in holy communion with God every day of your life. So every day you can be walking in that worship and that praise and be so near and close to God that in a moment's notice, he can say, I need you to go speak with that person across the room. I need you to go pray with that lady who's standing at the counter. I need you to go give this to this man because he's in need. And when we're walking close to God, he's filling our hearts with that love. And he's cultivating us to reach out to the people around us. Verse 20 says, now to him, to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God can do more than we ask immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. But understand this, it's going to be through his power and for his glory. I've been praying about this particular thing with this and this. Okay, but, and God hasn't done it yet. Well, is that what God's wanting you to do or is that what you're wanting to do? Because God's going to do more and more with you when you stop worrying about yourself and you start just relying on the Holy Spirit and on his power that's at work within you, when you just stop and you listen and you obey. When I was in the Denny's the other night, I wasn't going in there like, oh, yeah, man, I need to find that person. You know, no, I was just, I just, I just said in my heart, and I said it out loud under my breath, Holy Spirit, is there anybody here that you want me to talk to? And then I, I just wait for him to pull on my heart. I just listen. And sometimes we overcomplicate it because we think it has to be like the, you know, like the light shining down on the person like, oh, you know, like, oh, that's the one. You know, sometimes we can overcomplicate it or sometimes we can get scared. You see, but when we're drawn near to the Lord every day and his great love is stirring our hearts and not only for ourselves, but it'll stir our hearts for those people around us and we won't hesitate. We won't worry. And it'll be from his power and from his, his spirit that's working within us. Verse 21 says to him, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God's great love for us has given us everything we need to be living holy, powerful, spirit-led lives. But we have to make the choice if we want to walk in it. We have to make the choice if we want to receive that type of life. It's a choice, church. We have to make that choice. We have to say, I want this, Lord. I want you. I want your way. I want your spirit more than what I could want. That requires that sacrifice. That requires you to stop, you know, maybe stop doing the things you want to do. Last night we had a meeting here with our pastors in the section. And we talked about how distracting the church has become. It was a topic that we had, we all discussed on. And we were just talking about how people and how people in the church 
how the, the literacy rate has gone down tremendously because people aren't reading their Bibles. I'm not accusing anyone in this room. It was just a generalized percentages that they took across the whole nation. It blew my mind. It was crazy. I was thinking, oh, my gosh. And then we wonder why, why, why the church isn't moving in power and authority. Well, you have to understand something, that it's just not up to the leaders or just not up to the people who you think are called to do that. It's up to all of us being willing every moment, every second, every day to putting aside what we want and picking up the word of God and going into prayer and making sacrifice and drawing near and allowing the Lord to penetrate our hearts with his great love and to fill us up so that we can go out and we could preach the gospel to the people who, who don't know Jesus so that we could share the mystery that at one point was a mystery to us. But then God said, no, I'm going to reveal it to you. He lifted up the veil so we could see it. I remember when all of this made sense, when I was sitting in my room at my mom's house, on my bed, reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all of a sudden it just started making sense. And I was like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? And it changed my life. And here I am today. But what changed my life wasn't me going, hey, my goal is to do this and I'm going to do this and here's my five-step plan to get here. And my goal was just, I want to be close to you, God. I want to be close to you, Holy Spirit. I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to draw near to you. All day today, as I was praying today, that's all I was saying. God, I don't want to say what I want to say. I want to say what you want to say. It's not about me. I'm nothing, Lord, without you. And we have to have that attitude every day. And I'm telling you, church, if we have that attitude every day, God's going to use you to touch people all around you. And it won't be for your glory or for your boasting or for your confidence. It'll be for his glory. It'll be so that the people around you can come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ or to experience the love of God and a move of God in their heart. You know, we need to be willing not just to, you know, oh, yeah, of course, Jesus loves us all. But we have to be willing to step out and to speak the truth and to not be afraid. You may say, well, I don't have that boldness. Well, I know where you can get it. Right here. Well, I may not have that confidence. I know where you can get it. It's in prayer. There's been times when in my own life, I didn't feel very confident. I didn't feel like I could do it. I didn't feel like very bold. But then I would go into that prayer closet and I would shut the door and I would open my Bible and I would begin to read the word of God and I would begin to do what? Draw near to the Lord. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit would begin to come and fill my heart. He began to come and fill me with love. He began to come and move in his power in me. And then when I opened that door and I walked out, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go kick the devil in the face and I'm going to tell every person I know about Jesus. So where does it come from? Our power comes from him. Not from what cool thing we may be doing in the church or what maybe just some other person said. We have to be personally every day going into the great love of God, into the presence of God, into the word of God and drawing nearer and nearer to him. And when we do that, I'm telling you, God is going to use you. He's going to use you. I remember just thinking about it today. God, why would you want to use me? I'm some guy from a farm in East Texas who was addicted to drugs, 
who couldn't speak to save my life. And you may think, oh, no way. Yeah, yes way. I get anxious going to the doctor. I couldn't even talk to the doctor. I'd be so scared. When I was in college, I didn't talk, to, I didn't talk in a class for six months. Last day, I said something, and the girl next to me was like, that's what your voice sounds like. Oh, huh. you never yet said a word in here the whole time. I've been waiting for you to talk. I've been counting the days. I'm impressed. And I'm like, I'm just a, I was a shy person. I didn't like to talk to people. Yet all of a sudden, God was like, I want to use you. But he just didn't pick me because I was something special. What changed my life was when I just said, all I want is this. All I want is you. I don't care about anything else. My parents thought I was crazy. You can go play basketball. I had, I had an opportunity to go play basketball at Sagu. Think about it. That's the Assemblies of God College. You'd be like, man, that's the place to go, man. You could get your degree. You can get. Jesus said no. I said no. He said no. I can't. He said no, Mom. What? I want to follow Jesus. That's all that matters. Don't worry about all the stuff around you. Just follow Jesus. When you follow Jesus, he'll take you through everything around you, and he'll bring you every place that you need to be, and he'll give you every word that you need to speak into the hearts of the people around you. Just follow Jesus with everything in you. Just know his great love. Just know his great presence. Just listen to his Holy Spirit. That's all that matters. Nothing else matters. Obey him. Jesus said, those who obey me, then I will come and manifest myself with, to them. I'll come and move in their lives. Those who obey me, I know that they love me because they want to do everything possible to do what I've asked them to do. And church, that's all God's calling us to do. It's that simple. He's just asking us to be obedient in the word, in prayer, and in trusting when he speaks to our hearts. He's doing all the rest. He's giving you power through the Holy Spirit. He's giving you salvation and a confidence and a boldness in his son. He's done everything else. All we have to do is just go to him and say, okay, God, I'm relying on you. I'm trusting you. My faith's in you. And when we do that, he gives us the power to overcome sin. He gives us the power to overcome the world. He gives us the power to overcome the enemy. He gives us the power to lay hands on the sick and to see him healed. He gives us the power to cast out the demons. He gives us the power to do all those things. And all he's saying is just come and draw near to me. That's it. Come and be with me every day. Come and follow me. Come and listen. That's it. Tonight, my heart's just been stirred with the fact that God would love us so much that he would give us everything we need to go out into this world and to be the church who he's called us to be. So we shouldn't have fear. We shouldn't worry. We shouldn't doubt. We should be bold and confident because God's the one that's doing it. It's not us. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters in the faith. And Lord, I pray that prayer that Paul prayed. God, I pray that you would strengthen them in their inner being through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would establish them and root them and ground them in your love, God. That, Lord, you would build them up in your love and in your presence and in your word. That, Lord, you would give them the understanding of your love, God, and that it would be poured out to them so that they could know how deep, how high, how long, 
how wide your love is, God. I pray, Lord, that, that you would establish your love in our hearts, God, and that we rely on the Holy Spirit every day to walk powerful lives in you. And, Lord, I just pray that, that your people would know that, that, Lord, when they trust you, when they ask of you, God, you're going to go beyond even that, and you're going to do it by your power for your glory, Lord, and that they shouldn't fear when they ask, and they shouldn't worry when they ask, and they shouldn't doubt when they ask because, God, you're the one that's doing it. You're the one that's moving and working. And, God, I thank you that everything we do in the church, in the body of Christ, is for your glory. It's not for us. It's not for us to boast. It's not for us to find pride in God. It's for us to be humble in, to trust you every day. Lord, I pray that you would fill the people in this place up with the hunger for you, God, every day. Every day, the first thing that they would do, the first thing that I would do, the first thing that we would do as the church is seek your heart. We would put you first, Lord, and we would listen. We would forget about ourselves. We would forget about the world. We would forget about sin, and we would just put our focus on you. And we'd ask you, Lord, to move in our hearts. And then, God, you begin to stir our hearts for the people around us. You begin to stir our hearts with love for everyone around us. And, Lord, you would fill us with your power to go out and to preach the gospel, to go out and lay hands on the sick, to go out and to be the church of Jesus Christ, to be unashamed disciples. God, put that in us. Lord, we ask you to put that in us, God. I pray that you would do that work in us, God, and that, Lord, we would know it. We would know your great love and that we would share it with every person that we meet. It would just manifest off of us, God. We thank you. We thank you that through your grace and your mercy and through your love for us, God, you've done everything for us. You've done everything for us, Lord, so that we can live lives in power and in authority. Not in ours, but in yours. You've done everything for us. Thank you. Now, God, let us live our lives for you. Thank you for, for taking away our sin. Thank you for freeing us of the power of sin. Thank you for freeing us of the enemy's works. Thank you for everything that you've done for us, God. Now, Lord, we want to walk with you. We want to give you every day. We want to give you every thought. We want to give you every moment. Let that be our desire, God. Put that in our hearts, Lord. We love you and we worship you. God, I pray that as we leave this place, you would just protect your people. You would bless them. Lord, I pray that as we leave this place, the gifts of the Holy Spirit would flow and move and work in our lives. That if we go out to eat after this, Lord, we would ask you, Lord, what do you want to do in this place? And we would listen. And Lord, if you speak, we would obey. And if you don't, Lord, we would keep trusting that you will speak. Because, Lord, we just want to do what you're asking us to do, God. Not what we want to do. Not what the world wants, God. And we praise you and we love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.